0: Lester John speaking from Motor City, Munich. You're listening to a Decisive Podcast exclusive from Munich with our host Roberto Kueingren.
1: Hello everybody, (laughs) welcome back to another Decisive Podcast, Munich-exclusive artist, music, and interview episode number 75. It's been a while due to the overwhelming circumstances of the pandemic and technical misfortunes here at the Inspiration Studio. I needed to optimize my workflow to save production time for the next upcoming podcast features, but absolutely flabbergasted, overexcited to press on. And today, please welcome to the program, God, this is a wonderful day. A friend of mine, guess over 20 years, uh, when I first came to Munich, I stepped into this record store that uh, was pretty much head of the curve when it came to buying music and getting fresh uh vinyl and today we will be discussing how that all works with mr lester young jones when electronic music took flight here in munich lester was there in the beginning to contribute his talent to the uprise of the munich underground club scene as resident dj at the infamous ultra techno institution and the amazing Flocati club during the 80s and the 90s so for more details keep it locked quick reminder if you enjoy the decisive content and you want to stay up to date be sure to subscribe like follow or comment on our socials youtube soundcloud instagram our facebook group and mixcloud with that said let's get on with the program enjoy the decisive podcast munich exclusive number 75 well lester young Jones, happy new year,
0: twenty. 20- happy new year,
1: twenty twenty two.
0: How you yeah. feeling? Ah, crazy times at the moment with all the stuff. What's going on? <laughs>
1: Besides that, how you doing?
0: <laughs> Besides that, no, I'm 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 really quite 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 fine at the moment. Yeah. Uh, all, 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 always busy. There's daytime jobs and uh, in the evening, so it's quite mellow at the moment. So. I'm
1: Do you think that's quite strange or quite interesting that it seems like a lot of business are still working depends on if it's not entertainment (laughs) business or or uh, or like got a uh, gastronomy or food services or clubs or such they seem to be uh, taking the hit more than anything.
0: Yeah, so uh, clubs and uh, entertainment, gastronomy is uh, quite hot business at the moment. So I still have, have a lot of friends working in, in, in this kind of industry. <laughs> they are not all quite happy. Some of them got a few day jobs uh, now at the moment, so it's fine. They 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 they, they get their life somehow done. And otherwise, for everything else, it's okay. So the people. It seems like the people still have money at the moment. Crazy, and right? So, 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 so they're, they're buying. So, I'm my day job. <clears throat> I'm working at, in, in in sales, and I see it like uh, I I have brick and mortar stores and online retailers, and online online is really on going the roof at the moment.
1: Great. <laughs> it went from <laughs> it went from uh, you know human services to internet services and sales or everyone's buying and selling over their phones and all. yeah right (laughs) crazy less less uh people in the shopping centers and uh you've been selling for a while now um we're going to get to that i just wanted to go back a little bit in our history of how we met and (laughs) and how interesting the time was um as opposed to now was a little bit more analog (laughs) <laughs> uh, but anyway, first of all, I want to welcome you to the Decisive Podcast Series. This is Munich exclusive, of course, and it's always nice to catch up with uh, Munich locals that have been a part of the culture for a while. And then there's some that are just have the next generation that have kind of taken the baton on. But uh, in, this ca- in this particular case, you've been uh, uh, helping Munich for a while now. <laughs> since uh i guess it would be the 80s
0: right? uh, yeah that's right for uh, for uh, in munich i'm quite a yeah, i could call it, you could call it a dinosaur yeah <laughs>
1: <No>. well <laughs> the, 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 this this new generation will call us dinosaurs yes for sure <laughs> yeah but yeah, anyway, definitely anyway i want to <laughs> welcome you to the program so that everyone could get a chance to hear our story because um, i think and through our history of in our scene and how you kind of just run into different people and kind of built these relationships and it's amazing to to be able to hold on to the relationship for so, such a long time even though we haven't seen each other for a while
0: and uh, yeah the last time was in the summer <laughs>
1: yeah uh, you know so thank you for being here today yeah thanks for having me i guess the last time we spoke we were both playing at at Gossdyke for the yeah, um, right. for the at charlie
0: yeah at, for the charlie guys
1: big shout out to um benjamin ruda and the blitz crew for having us play there and when i and i i remember coming it was on a thursday wasn't it when you were playing
0: yeah it was during the week i think it was the first day yeah it was th- no no I, i'm not no it was a friday or thursday evening. Okay. Evening.
1: Oh, yeah. and i came by and i saw you <laughs> i said who's this tall light-skinned guy on it <laughs> 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 and it was you and i was like oh shit we haven't it was amazing because we haven't seen each other wow how many, how long was that when's the last time we actually physically saw each other it was when you left the store wasn't it
0: yeah i think it was between me we saw each other again because uh, i left the store about 10 years ago now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes the man left the store i think you you're seeing my daughter more than me in the store at the moment <laughs> and uh, yes i think i i think we, we i think we met once in the store again because i'm still shopping at the store mm-hmm. and uh, but it was quite a long time so it was always quite funny to see uh, this thing at gasta which charlie managed to do there it was really quite nice because uh, they brought so many people, old people also from Munich, old and younger people from Munich together. So it was really a quite amazing venue they made yeah. up there.
1: And I'm glad that brought us together. And I, and I remember the first thing that came in my head was, can you play um, Grand Poobas, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, you tried Grand Yeah, Dr. Doctor Booty Grabber.
1: Whenever I heard it, it was always reminded me of you because you were the first one that everybody else kind of like, Thought, what is he what is he doing here what is this <laughs> but uh, <laughs> what's been happening with you uh lately um and how are how are things these days
0: well i i'm not playing records too much anymore Mm. so it's just uh okay i i I, I used to earn my money with playing records and working record store, but that uh shifted 10 years 10 years ago so and lately it's like it's quite interesting because uh actually here with, with charlie um it's always okay the last two years you couldn't play records anywhere so i just played records at bars and Small events that I really like to attend. I just, where I have fun, nobody tells me what I have to play. So, uh, they, mostly, most old people, they just know me and just, uh, said, okay, like, hey, do you, do, 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 do want, want to play? And if it was okay for me, I say, okay, I take some records with me and play some records. But I don't do any regular club uh, bookings anymore. So I don't have any residency here in Munich. So we always have a little bit of these, uh, really like, um, old school electro, um, parties here in the firework in Munich. Four times a year, uh a friend of mine is the real who's from Jible Records. He always made uh, the uh balloon okay. breaks. It's a really small underground venue where actually where I learned to DJ as I was um, about fifteen. And um, You couldn't even be right? in, you
1: could not even be in a club in America at fifteen.
0: No, in Germany also not. But uh <laughs> <laughs> No, you have to be eighteen here okay, for, okay. for <laughs> being 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 yeah. being in a club. No the the firework is like uh, uh, how do you call it a youth center? Right, then we go, okay. And these guys were the first guys. Uh, so with 15, I wasn't able to afford a record player, or, or uh, especially not two record. I had a record player from my father, but I didn't have two record players. Mm-hmm. And so they had um, a radio station and you could make like a technical license to just uh, use the equipment. In, in this youth center, which, they, which the radio station had, and so I made this technical license there, and that was the first time I really came in touch with DJing, of course. Uh. So they had, they, had, they had a mixer, a really old Conrad mixer, and two shitty turntables, but you could mix them, it was quite interesting.
1: Yeah, but before that, before you even thought about DJing, um, what was your influence? I mean, uh, I... Know that your father was a jazz musician, right?
0: Yeah, my father is a jazz musician. So my my my, my father is uh, one of the uh, founding members of the A C M in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So that's um, this, this really this this, this um, free jazz mm-hmm. ensemble. That they founded it in the in the early 70s, or late 60s, early 70s. So that's my influence. So music was always in my family somehow. My father is a bass player, and uh, the records were records of music were always in our household. And, uh, so my influence, okay, with this free jazz Stuff I couldn't uh, get on as a kid. It was like just too crazy for me. I definitely didn't understand it. But uh, he also had some uh, Parliament and Funkadelic records in his collection, so that was uh, my my main influence. I really loved Bootsy as a child. Bootsy Collins.
1: <laughs> 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 Were you playing jazz when you when you started
0: DJing? I'm... No, I wasn't playing play playing jazz. So uh, when I was younger, I uh, I also played the bass, but I learned um, classical the bass and in you, you know, our, our, our school I was the bass player in the orchestra. So I played really classical bass. And after that, my father uh, tried to show me a little bit of uh, jazz bass I think father and son is not always the best mix between uh, uh, teacher and, <laughs> and learner somehow. So that didn't really work out. Uh-huh. And at that time, my interests were more in other places. So here he meaning yeah, I really got into the 50 I played quite a lot and um, the DJing I got was because I'm definitely came from Reggae and Hip-Hop it was really okay. definitely my, my, my first interest okay. in music and mixing I also started with Reggae and Hip-Hop but I wasn't really mixing because it was like uh, okay um, I make my tapes but mix I, tapes, I, 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 I mix tapes but I hate the pauses between the tapes <laughs> And so I have to do something to end this. And so I really discovered okay, you can do this with two record players and a and, 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 and mixer. So I have to seek someone who has this. And uh, finally, in the Firework, I found this. Because when I began, I was always making mixtapes with uh, um, two two cassette players. Exactly. Same. And here. just pointing them together <laughs> and then started mixing them. And, and then I had a short time where I really was into. Um, cosmic music cosmic and
1: was popular what around mid 90s right yeah mid 90s so but
0: they're really they're really there there are some really quite old cosmic djs they they, they were already playing in the, in, the, in the 70s oh yeah and and cosmic was so besides hip-hop something i really could see okay you can do really crazy stuff with two records oh, yeah. in the mixer oh yeah because these guys were already mixing uh, two records for minutes together, and it was not uh, normally not uh, not not the thing with hip hop. Hip hop was mostly cutting, crossfading, scratching, and these guys were starting really to mix, and so uh, we could adopt this to techno and electronic music quite good. Well, so what was your first gig then? Yeah, so my first gig so. Yeah, uh, in the in the early '90s, we had here um, two parties in Munich. One was called the Technomania, and the one was Ultrawell, Technomania was always a little bit more commercial. Sounds like so. That. And 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 these parties were once a month. So you had once a month um, Technomania and once a month. Alta World, the Kulturschätzung wasn't the Kulturschätzung, no, yeah, it wasn't at the Kulturschätzung at, the, at that moment. And so Alta World started um, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a little cafe in Munich, it's called Schnellinger's Cafe, they started something they called experimental base. And you just were able, anybody, and it was like an, an open turntable. Oh. so any anybody who had records could go into there and play for half an hour or something and I was I was really at that time I was really just wanted a bedroom Dj i I, I would never I was not that guy who went out and gave out mixtapes and asking people if I could play or something and so my friends just convinced me so hey just take some records there and, uh, and and go play and I was no I don't want to do that and, and blah 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 and so they they just really uh, dragged me out by my hair and uh, took my records and put me behind the turntables. and that was my start when I first met the Altra so I know the show Shul- crew a little bit from, from the parties they made but the was the really first contact I hit him. So I played for half an hour and after that, they came to me and just asked do you want to play on one of our parties next time. So, uh, yeah, why not? Big first. shout out to them. <laughs> big yeah, shout- big shout out to my friends, of course. Always friends are <laughs> the most important thing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that started when? In 94?
0: 93? Yeah, 92, 93. Actually, 92, ni- yeah, or early 90s. Uh, really early 90s. What do you remember,
1: oh. what do you remember about the exciting moment about that period when you started when you kind of knew where you were headed or you just had a feeling or you just okay it happens or it doesn't happen it's just uh this is not really something i'm really that interested in or i'm just collecting records because i love it it's my passion when did you
0: no, it was quite interesting because, uh, okay, I, I'm still sometimes nervous when I now play records, but I think it's a good thing to be a little bit nervous I'm always, <laughs> when, when you are playing, definitely. Just me. And uh, no, it was just, okay, it's like, uh, that's really quite fun to do this and so I was also hanging around with some people which were not so good for me at that time and so I met the Altoschall crew and um, here a big shout outs to David Suess who took me out uh, under, under, under his, his wings at that time so mm-hmm. he was called DJ Duck and it was a quite, quite interesting crew and they really just said okay it's quite interesting stuff you do with the records and uh, just take me there and so I was just like okay why not just try it hanging hang out with these guys play at their parties and see what happens and it started with with the with, with the, um first first um Outer world parties they later on got into the uh, into the bigger venues in, in Mm-hmm. The, old, the, 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 the old old, airport that was nothing so they had, had this big raves but that was nothing i was really interested in this big raves and thousands of people uh i got really nervous and i always had the feeling uh you just have uh, a few guys who are really listening to the music and uh <laughs> and all other people are just going nuts somehow and then they started the alcohol club and so that's when they then asked okay do you want to be a resident and I said yes of course
1: that was quite fast right for you you were in the right place at the right time Definitely. Oh, so that was a good that was so those opportunities were great at this time
0: yeah it was because I just had a few friends who were into electronic music so when I really started teaching in Munich and other people were asking me so what, is, what kind of sound do you play and you said yeah well I play um, techno it was uh, what is that it was really a subculture because only a you, people really knew what you were doing there
1: <laughs> you talk about ultra Show and uh what was the other club uh the other party uh before that you mentioned World. yeah you, you, you speak of them like they weren't a milestone when i was here they were, ultra show was a milestone here because i'd never forget it um at the ream ream mm. airport um swin so i guess some of the the big globetrotters that were playing there was one of them was swin fate right
0: um, yeah he was always playing his, uh, so he played in the uh, what was it called Yeah, uh, he, he had his own party in the bottom and so he always came afterwards to, to play after all
1: dj hell too right
0: yeah dj hell was from the beginning with the alter world okay, so that so just to explain a little bit the the outer world was way before uh alter Beginning, began, uh, I think, about six or seven years before Altoschall. Okay. And it was really in this, it, uh, it's called Kulturstation here in Munich. And Kulturstation was like an off-site punk location. Okay. So there were punk concerts and really, really um, underground hip hop. The first time when I was about, I think I was 16 or 17, I heard the Ghetto Boys in, in, okay. in there. And it was really, uh, it was like, like for about... Uh, 300 people mostly 400 were in there and and so that this is where the ultra world parties started so because the ultra world parties are uh, were initiated from upstart who was really a punk at that time and dj hell also started with upstart these parties because uh, dj hell was more like um he came also from the from the, from the of thestein okay if, 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 if you can consider DJ, DJ hell was at that time was a great influence on my music also because he was one. Guys who really played the kind of technique. He was the one of the first guys who played like underground resistance here. In the upstart May uh, got Jeff Mills here in the early 90s with wow. Robert Hood and Matt Mike oh, Banks. They, sh- they, they, they had really an off location here in Munich. It was an illegal party, and this was the first time really early 90s I heard Jeff Mills, Mike Banks, Robert Hood, and the uh, This resistance crew at that time. And it was unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable,
1: right? And tell me how that grew for you. Um, it, uh, the Ultra Show left
0: ring. Yeah, so at that time, the Ultra Show. The in Rheem, it was already yeah, like sorry. A, Rheem, right. a, 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 a really big thing. So because the Alto World just ended in the Kutuzhetsu, and mm. then they went out to Ream, okay. and there you had the because halls. I just really got into. At that time, uh, this really big rave business started in Munich. Like tribal gathering from the UK yeah, came really over traveling. here, and then just made this made this Ream. The Ultra Shy World at that time also had. Had, had 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 an own space where they could play. So there was always like you had this already this really more commercial techno and then you had the other world who would bring DJ Hope uh, Robot or Black Baxter and all these guys were playing there. And so I didn't really, I just didn't really play at, this, at these things because I wasn't so interested but I knew all the guys and just hanging around and then they they moved further. Then they got this, this new spot, it was the old, they moved into the Alterschall mm-hmm. and stayed there for about six years. Then this, this ended and at that time, Techno got really big here and especially in Germany. Uh-huh. And then they moved to the St. Altoschall in the Kunstpark. And at this point it was like um Altoschall was like an institution in Munich. It was one of the techno clubs in Munich It was it. <laughs> well <Wait, laughs> it it
1: started it started at ele- what, eleven PM till six
0: oh, no, it started from eleven PM to stop, open it. I would to say. Opening, okay, <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. It was like it was like depending how many people were there and uh uh, you, had, you definitely had no closing time at that time. Okay. What DJs
1: was the spirit of the Technoculture scene in Ultra
0: Um I would say it was uh, in the beginning it was like definitely DJ Hell and mm-hmm. Electric Indigo.
1: Electric Indigo, she yeah, she's she's on fire yeah. steel. yeah, she's amazing.
0: And in the second alter shot, uh, you don't have to forget Monica Cruz. She was also a really early resident in the in the Altershy, mm-hmm. and also in the in the, in the, in the second one. Mm-hmm. Sven, Sven also. Yes, yeah, Sven was not really a resident because. Um, he, he had he had his after hours. He just really okay. mostly, most most uh, took all his after hours that okay. that out, mm-hmm. And then of course we had our regular guests like a Duke. Japanese was always yeah, there. Yeah. Robert Hood, uh, Dave Clark, Laurent and We really played him with this constellation. Okay. Uh, the club really got is his name and yeah, uh, Laurent killed it. So. Uh. Yeah, definitely. No. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, Jeff also. I can Jeff, remember, yeah. I can, I, I can remember uh, Gixy played, so uh, he, he was already really big at this time, so he, he just had to show up and the people were screaming. He didn't even play any records, so he was just there and the people really went. Uh,
1: Ballistic, huh? Did you have a chance to play with some of the. The heavy hitters doing this time, always.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you, uh, what, so what mostly did... uh, when, when 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 Jeff or Dave were playing, mostly I was, was the local host for that. for a long time. I uh, was uh, playing playing mostly with with Jeff and all all all, all the old guys and. Uh, I and me up still friends like extra, also. And, um, mostly when the when the went black, I was <laughs> I was also there. <laughs> As
1: a local Munich DJ, when the when you had the opportunity to present and to be a part of this how important that how important was that
0: for you um playing playing with big names wasn't too important for me because okay i gained a little bit of fame with that so you get your bookings outside of, of, of your local area so that's quite fine because when you play with big names there are always a lot of people in the club of course so the club is always packed, you also play, you make a good job. People come to you ask, do you want to come to my club and play also? That's really, really, really fun for me. Always nice and interesting to meet these guys. Mm-hmm. For most of the guys, I really love the music, but I also learned you have to differentiate between the music they make and the person itself. Yeah, <laughs> because <of course>. sometimes <laughs> most, most, most of them are really nice and cool, but sometimes it's like, a, Oh my god, <laughs> what a <an> mess. <asshole. laughs>
1: OK, I guess, what I, I guess what I meant by that was, how did the pressure from this type of a lineup uh,
0: influence you to be better?
1: As an opener, you know, you can make a break yeah. in space. You know what
0: I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, definitely. So as an opener, it sometimes can be really, really exhausting because you have uh, Opening for for heavy hitters is always pressure, because uh, everyone is waiting for them, of course, and so you just um, like, um, here here am I, and uh, so uh, you have to deliver somehow, bring the people to dance, but now everybody is just waiting for the big so um, I play. I always do my best, and uh, I, at that time I really was also quite confident in my skills, so that was okay. So I, I knew what, what, I, what I what I was doing because when you play really quite often, exactly, uh, you know what you what what you're doing. So you, the more experience you have, the, the more you can meet the crowd and know what they want to want to you, and so you just really bring them to dance and. Then, of course, the headliner takes over and everybody is dancing and then people go up and like, always. So sometimes you have headliners that are really good, but uh, they are not so good at mixing as you thought they could be or just playing uh, the regular hits at the moment never really interested in really playing an actual hits and always seeking something new so for, for that it was also very helpful to uh, do closings after them because you could say okay uh, you
1: heard all of this and heard all of this so you bring it into your set
0: and uh just really uh, play, 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 play a little bit different so i remember quite a lot of times because when uh i played awesome behind Jeff Mills, I will be directly after him, the one which is Definitely not an easy job when you have a guy who's going <laughs> of totally nuts and throwing his records and skipping them into his trousers and playing with uh, uh, three decks and on and, and, and 9 on and 9 or something. So, uh, this pressure is quite hard. So, you just stand there and say, okay, uh, people are really. Um, <laughs> I, they're ready. <laughs> me, and, I gotta I keep <laughs> and so now I have to deliver. And so, you learn from that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 so, but also, also, it's really quite nice because uh, Jeff was always a guy who was uh, he played and was mostly quite quick off the set again and so he left the club and so uh, after after i played a few times with him he really started to to, to, to stay around in the bar and was listening and we were talking after that and that was a uh, really uh, great time for me because i really got feedback from a, right. from a hero of mine right, right. And, yeah. um,
1: i mean so that that's kind of what i meant because um as a local Having these people come into your city and you having a chance to represent Munich at such a fine place, you know. I mean, I was, I remember being there, I was jealous. I, w- I want to play here.
0: Oh yeah, my yeah. God, this is
1: wonderful. <laughs> you know, um, you were a resident there and at the same time also buying and selling music at the infamous, the famous, the fantastic, the super number one record store uh, uh, in Germany or in Munich?
0: Yeah, so definitely Opti- Munich. Oh. Is, so is, uh, and for um, so South Germany, it was like the record store to go to. So people were like, you had uh, piano like Munich, because it, it was, you have to see it was like a pre-digital era. And people were it was not too easy to get the records you wanted, so you had in Berlin, in Berlin you had, had racks. you could say in southern Germany it was the optimal other people like them. Also it was one of the few record stores where you could buy a Johnny Cash and the Tuffman's record uh, at the and, same and, time. And, and same <laughs> <laughs>
1: Tell me how important working in the record store was for you at this time and how serious and how Passionate were you on making sure that that store had the best electronic music you could find. How important was
0: that? But that was uh, one of the really most most important uh, for, for, for me. You can ask my family; it was quite you know, not 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 easy for them. Uh, as for me, because uh, you don't earn too much money in a record store, okay. <laughs> so it's hard to see the family from it. But you got through it. Okay. <coughs> No, record was really important in the beginning, it was even very important for my DJ career because of course you uh, hear a lot of stuff and always have the news stuff. You really hear a lot of music. For me it was like, okay, like I was uh, completely responsible for the electronic music and, and through my DJing I had of course a lot of contacts also, so that was quite good to get the records early and to get um, promos. And this time it wasn't, there wasn't too much places where you really could buy good electronic music family. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I just really wanted to have one of the best electronic music um, sections you can have in a record store. It
1: mm-hmm.
0: was like uh, the first times before before I, I started working in Optimal, I was buying of, of an Optimal and, We Captain Reality, Rainer Hoenker. He was the electronic mastermind of of the Optimal Records. Oh, 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 I'm sorry, I'm sorry.
1: Sorry. Can you say that name again?
0: Uh, Rainer Heunke, okay. he called he was also one of the founding members of uh, the Alte World, okay. or one of the very first techno parties here in Munich, mm-hmm. he called himself Captain Reality <laughs> as DJ. <laughs> Captain Reality? <laughs> uh, well, well, he, he was a uh, space scientist in, in New life. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, so he he, he used satellites. So he's by, uh, building satellites now again. So uh, so he was very futuristic. He, yeah, he, he was very futuristic. <laughs> and um, mm-hmm. then you on the, on the other hand in Germany you had of course Hardwax record and that, and that was one of the best record stores in Germany. It was like okay that's uh, that's like the benchmark how how. Um, electronic music section should look like. Okay. But of course, they, they, they had a cl- cl- really close relationship to the, the trésor and Trezor of course.
1: And how did you find your system?
0: Well, one, uh, two, two of the biggest distributors in that time in Germany was, uh, for, was Neutron in Offenbach. Ah, that's right. And it was notton was, 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 so so I had a few good sales reps with, with them so they were because like as uh, when you were interested in techno, or uh, electronic music at that time so uh, everybody who was more deeply into it and you found your connections um, it's like okay we' are brothers now and uh, so what do you hear what do you uh, heard Can I can I can 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 I can I hear it? And then you had on a little bit more commercial side it was discomania. And I w- always had a really good um, relationship to the distributors. And then, of course, with the DJs, international DJs going through the Alkoschart Club, you always had good access to all kinds of uh, information. And mm. so you just took it together, and um, so I was mostly interested in music from the States uh, mm. because it's was a bit harder, harder, harder to get here, but you also had your influences from the guys from the Compact and Cologne, and then you had this right later on and came D in Berlin and so they always always had a connection to the to the music from from, from, from the States. But um you learned so many so many people like also in New York you had these you know, guys around Adam X and A Duke and uh, they made a completely different music and and it was always like kitted together somehow. So you just uh start pick picking the music and try to show the people who are who are in, in, in the story like it, 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 it's a so they're asking for this record and so you can just say hey okay you're looking for this and so just listen to these tunes more and uh, let's see what happens uh,
1: England at this time was popular when it came to techno wasn't
0: it the UK is a different story always <laughs> so the, the most, no, more, more, most um, stuff from, from from the UK was a little bit different but uh, also these time uh, i just got connected through to the um through the outer the uk guys so we had guys like um colin dale slater um these guys also, also played them. they also brought new records on so they also saw me djing knew that i was in the record store and they were like okay you dj you, uh, you are in, in, in the record store you take our promos uh, listen to them and so i was like yeah okay why not uh, all of them and trying to bring the sound also to. The, the, for the people in Munich, and it was not not only in Munich because Optimal was a melting point for also lots of DJs from Austria come came, came, came to, to Optimal, and we uh, so just showed people new music. They bring it to Austria or to uh, Croatia, and they come back to the. A. And it was this this was a, was 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 a hit for us, uh, Croatia you have something like that so and then these guys also started doing labels and they came back to, um, to, to, to Optima. It's like really an interesting synergy what happened at that time.
1: W- was there a favorite distribution for, like now it's a lot of break uh, breakbeat and drum and bass stuff like this right now. Uh, were you also collecting this or was it just mostly
0: electric? Uh, no, I, I, I wasn't really into, into, into drum and bass. At that, at that time so we had uh, Peter in the store and later and, and, and Sasha took care of this oh yes yeah, right. uh, yeah right because um, for for what you called it at the time trip-hop or uh, I and something this was um, Peter Peter uh, house and electro techno I knew a little bit of hip-hop but we had an own hip-hop guy for, so you we have you call it you 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 have for uh, um, every music genre um, an own idiot, <laughs> And then you and then in Optima you have uh, one big mastermind and in this case it would be Christos because uh, he's just uh, interested in everything. <laughs> but if you go for for uh, certain genres, you always have to be have to have somebody uh, who's really into it and like. Um, okay, I'm also into hip-hop, but not so deep into it that I really can say, okay, this is the next big thing. This would be the next big thing because with techno, I could say, okay, you 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 had a promo and said, okay, this this will be a hit, and you just bought a record, had it in 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 the store, and uh, I don't want to say if you were lucky, but you knew, okay, this will be a hit. It could take a little bit of time, maybe Mm. it was just two months or in half a year, it would be really big, and so we already had it. Gave it to the people and tried to convince them. Hey, this is the this, this is a really big truck we have here, <laughs> and so in in optimal. Yeah, we were quite good, and people believed it. And over the years, they really saw. Okay, they have some people behind the counter who know their stuff, and uh, you gain trust with your uh, with your customers. I
1: I remember I, I remember walking in a few times. We had you had. Anthony Shake Shakir in there who else can you I mean come on record stores was a hangout too
0: it wasn't only music. yeah definitely uh so when 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 uh, um, when Shake was in Munich he was uh, <laughs> mostly all the time in the shop because uh <laughs> you, 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 you know Tony he's mad about music and he's not just into electronic music. he listens to everything and 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 he has to say <laughs> that's, Every time, there's something to say about everything. <laughs> always. <laughs> always, always. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, all 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 the guests from 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 the Albersaal and the other clubs were mostly uh, guests and, at Optimal. So when they played in Munich, they came to the Optimal because it was the record store of the be. And um, who was also always there was DJ Hell and he was also quite visionary in the sound he made or, or he was interested so it was also because hell was already traveling the world at that time and it was always good to see him uh, twice a week and just have a conversation with him because he was also bringing always new music or new oh. ideas oh. then um the really big celebrities uh, once we had uh, grandmaster flash was twice in the store that was, like, a uh, uh, really big thing. Oh, yeah. I think African ba- <laughs> Af- Africa
1: Barbada too, right?
0: African Barbada was also there. Uh-huh. Uh, we, we also had uh, Robbie Williams before the store. He <laughs> didn't get into didn't want to get into the store. <laughs> and no, there were uh, really, really lots of guys. Guys from Metallica were also in the store, and um, so...
1: Wow!
0: It was like um, also uh, for uh, from Munich, the all 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 the all, all the Zinfunk guys were regulars in the store. Okay. So they they were also big for for, 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 for that stuff.
1: What labels could we say that were leading the way for Munich um, back in that time? Disco B, Kerbal, uh, DJ Chigolo uh, Records. What else? composed. Am I missing somebody? For Munich? Yeah.
0: Yeah. for 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 Hip I would say it was 58 beats also. Um five. and then there were um, close relationships to cheap and compact records also.
1: Who was the label head behind Kerbal?
0: Uh, uh, my close friend Richard Bartz. Right. <laughs> Richard Acid <Bartz. laughs> Scout.
1: Acid Scout. His Wait, he used to Asset Sc- Sc- i like the Asset Scout artist better, I think.
0: Yeah, Asset Scout was before he he, he took his real name, Richard Barnes. Uh-huh. um so 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 he, he started in the early days with uh with like guess one of the first uh disco B label numbers is like uh, 10 or something
1: are there any other like groundbreaking Munich labels um or could you say that you're proud of that it took it serious you know and I mean now we have alien tape you know and uh, which is really represented for a while um uh, molten moods and some other ones but um are you how could you say that you're proud that they and they're respected on a global level. Global level.
0: Well, I think they have a. They, Munich has a good stand on it already began with the like, sound of Munich when and, and, uh, George Moroder had the speakers here in the uniform side as well. The, before this would be the label was called what called um, Disco Bombs, and it was already uh, quite recognized in a global way, and it was really yeah, a path from, from music. And so with these labels, mostly the people who made these labels were like um, Richard Barth was like Essex scout he really made a name as a life actor as himself, and just took them the label of Trunk and just it up and DJ. Hel also, it was always at first the first person then came the label. And so these are guys or persons which were really influential and important to Munich, which pulled other artists in the spotlight into Munich with, 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 with the labels. Billion Tape is uh, one of the Munich labels which uh, is stepping in, in, in these footsteps okay because, uh, okay i know this uh, about brothers since they were five wow. <laughs> and then, yes, small kids somehow mm-hmm. <laughs> it was interesting mm-hmm. because yeah. we were friends with, with, uh, with, father. with their father yeah.
1: and uh, you must have a massive
0: record collection <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i would say it's quite big
1: <laughs> how many off the top of your head how many
0: good do you own uh, but I think in the flat I have about six to eight thousand records in the flat and then uh i have some in the garage i don't know how much there are and in the uh in the basement i was like so i didn't really ever have count of them i don't even don't even have them on uh most of them i don't have on discos and i have a few on discogs, but I, I just sorted some out and make a, made a make know two years ago and made uh two young djs really gave them about a thousand records <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shit. I, 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 I I had no use for them anymore. <laughs> I have so many promotional records, yeah. just not from from other teachers, also from in the ninety Jason, you were always on the list and you got so much promos. I got about twenty promos uh every week and uh most of things I didn't want and so when we were back in the, uh two records were meant for the collection. Bad records is what I do with them. <laughs> the nineties the, were mad at in this case.
1: <laughs> and who compensates these records when you when you stop <laughs> your daughter
0: definitely my daughter <laughs> she's on top of it right she on top yeah, of it. At, at, at the moment she, 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 she she's on top definitely also the, she's more into the book, you know, not for electronic music, but uh, She's working at the Optimal and is spending her money there. Yeah. And I'm also still waiting on uh, my daddy's records. So my father has also a quite impressive jazz collection, oh, but uh, uh, he's still alive. I hope he, he, he stays he stays this way sometime, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, oh, nice. there would be also Quite a lot of records, and he's
1: still and he's cool. still holding on to them, huh? He's still playing them, and he's still in, yes, enjoying.
0: Of <laughs> yeah, uh, no, he he has a really interesting collection because he has some of the really um, first vinyl records, uh, jazz records. Uh, so he has really uh, first presence of uh, John Coltrane mono records, and uh, these are really nice, interesting records. So mostly when i'm visiting by my, my father we always uh, in his record collection mm.
1: after some time uh you left the record store um and dj the dj lifestyle um may i ask why that was why did you why'd you leave us all and have us all crying and shit <laughs> um
0: it's like um okay i was like Almost 20 years in the record store. For me, it was always interesting to have music around me, but I wasn't eating too much anymore. It had different reasons. Uh, First, I wanted to focus more on my family. Okay. uh, Good choice. And and, and daughter, because it wasn't always too easy uh, combining family with nightlife for me. Good choice family had some hard times, then I also had uh, the status uh, around 2008, 2000, or 2010, I had to make a really big DJ break because I uh, got some problems with my right ear, the hearing on my right ear and uh, that's okay now, but uh, I really had to take a break. Um, so if you're not DJing steadily um, and not releasing, I mean, because I was never really releasing any stuff, uh, yeah. That's true. Yeah, when yeah, you 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 have you have to DJ to to stay in the business, and okay. after two years of uh, break, it was like hard to get in again so also with family life and focus went more on day life and and then after 20 years in the, in, 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 in the record store it was still was interesting but i was like stuck in a place where i couldn't move anymore in direction i wanted and so i just got really interesting offer from you what was quite interesting and so i just took this and uh but something completely different still sales but uh area i was also always quite interested
1: in i wonder if that's a natural uh progression
0: i make my living out of my hobby which was music and um after a while music uh, really got like for for a business for me and i'm also not getting younger and there are lots of young people who are who are coming up and coming and really good and make really good music and it was also also, also for me like okay so i'm getting older maybe it's time to, especially as i think it's a little bit different when you are producing something but as a as a as a dj it was like okay the uh because it's hard. I know how hard it is to get a spot as a DJ somewhere. somewhere. And when you have always all the um, all the DJs who are sticking to their chairs, I was like, okay, I have different opportunities at the moment. So let let new people come in and bring new stuff. In the, in, 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 and so that was one of also helped me with this decision to, to move to, to move on somehow.
1: I see you getting back out there in the scene uh, whenever it's possible. Um, but of course, not due to the pandemic. The, um, there's not much choices unless you are traveling DJ. But what is your take on this? What are your current aspirations?
0: Well, on uh, playing, playing again. Yeah, it's, for me, it's just really fun. It's, it's fun for me to play record. I don't really make a want to make a, a professional out of it again. So I don't want to be uh, um, dependent on DJing to live it's nice it's nice to play and uh, if the people are appreci- appreci- appreciating the music I play it's fine if not it's also fine <laughs> <laughs> because uh, where I where I play the people just um, they they most people know what I'm doing and so I don't have to um, play like and service in a, in a, in a, in a club that's something I'm not doing I just want to play good music. That's what I so,
1: like. So you want to have, just and, have the freedom? Yeah, definitely. This is a good question. Why do you call Munich the Motor City?
0: <laughs> uh, that's something Richard uh, uh, from Kirby Records. And we often played on tour together. So it uh, was like always, uh, okay, you always have to write text. For, for flyers I and mean, oh yeah, we both really like Detroit or the sound of Detroit. So it's Motor City, Detroit. And we was like, hey, why not? Uh, Munich has a BMW. I think it's one of the biggest car companies in Germany or in the world or most important car company. Yeah, right. So hey, we can call us Motor City okay. also. That's That's... <laughs> so now we are here in Motor City, Munich, <laughs> and it was like like our bridge to Detroit <laughs> <laughs> right uh, although you have I'm sure you have
1: lots of respect for Detroit Chicago Definitely. what is what is the Lester young Jones signature sound what is that if Ultra Shoal exists now Flocati exists now how could you describe the Lester young Jones signature sound do you even know anymore?
0: <sighs> That's hard. When we go from 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 the uh, old, ultra, ultra child days, I would say uh, the signature sound. At first, it has to do, it has to be uh, some kind of dirty, dark, and frightening.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you wrote, if you reached into your collection, would you find something that you know was made since you were an old school guy? You reach into your collection and grab something that you know. St- Stands the test of time and it sounded good then and right now, it needs to be played now. Would that be something part of this uh, Lester signature sound?
0: Yeah, I would say it would definitely uh, would be uh, almost any early underground resistance record.
1: Definitely. With that said, I want to. Uh, Thank you so much for finally taking the time to catch up with me, sharing the good Yeah, <laughs> the, good, yeah the good times, the old times, and I, I'm glad to see that you and your family are getting through all these uh, difficult times and that you seem to be pretty positive, healthy, and, and your ear is back.
0: Yeah, definitely. You yeah. always have to think positive. So, if positive thinking is gone, I think you would be quite lost. <laughs> and,
1: and thanks again for sharing your history as a Munich pioneer and that helped shape the electronic music scene. And you were a part of this kind of this growth. And then you just kind of step back and let the next generation uh, do their thing. And uh, yeah, look forward to hearing hearing the mix.
0: Yeah. Looking forward to hearing the whole whole podcast again. Oh yeah. <laughs> from, from 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 a different perspective. Not yeah. in the podcast but listening from outside. already know I will hate my hearing my own voice as always. Really, uh, yeah.
1: And greetings oh. to your your uh now yeah. new leader of the of the record sellers, your your daughter. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> and your wife yeah, never yeah also greetings to your and your loved ones okay
1: so Dude. you you uh, take take it easy and have a nice uh, weekend a week and yeah, and should. happy new year
0: yes and happy new year <laughs> <laughs> all right